0: So oh.
1: Have a seat. If you get the chance, I just want to encourage you to thank Shelly. She spent about the past uh, hour and a half (laughs) trying to get this figured out. So we're so glad that you're here to worship with us. Thank
2: you. Um, I want to thank each and every one of you who partner with us to share the light of Jesus because when you give, you really are piercing the darkness with the light and the love of Jesus Christ. And that is so important, especially at this time of the year. If you'd like to give, we have boxes at the back. You can text the word GIVE to the number on the screen or go to the, uh, our church's website to the GIVE page online and give through there. But I would like uh, to pray right now. Father God, you are a great and a generous and a loving Heavenly Father. And we just thank you for all that you do for us, all that you provide for each and every one of us. And I thank you, Father, that you have blessed Blue Springs Christian Church with so many generous brothers and sisters who contribute to your work here, who share your light and your love in the darkness. And I just pray that you bless them and that you guide the leadership of this church to be very wise about how we use these gifts to share your love. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your love. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, we are, I'm afraid this thing's going to attack me. It keeps coming closer and closer. Um, We're going to have some incredible Christmas Eve services next Thursday night. A week from tonight is Christmas Eve. It's hard to believe it's that close. We have three identical services on Christmas Eve, 3.30, 5 o'clock, and 6.30. And then we have one more Christmas Eve service on Sunday morning, December 27th at 9.30. I know it's not Christmas Eve, but it is the same Christmas Eve service. Um, They are all family friendly. You bring your family, you bring your friends, but we do really need you to register if you're gonna be here because the 3.30 service is already full. The five o'clock service is almost full. We've got plenty of room at 6.30, it's about half full. And uh, we're pretty wide open on Sunday morning at 9.30. So we do have room for you, just not at 3.30 and probably not at 5 unless you sign up right now. So just letting you know about that. We are wrapping up our Christmas, the untold story series next week with Christmas. And then on Sunday, January 3rd, and we will not be having a Thursday night service, I, um, New Year's Eve. December 31st, that Thursday. We will not be having a Thursday night service that week. But we will have a new series kicking off on Sunday, January 3rd, and it's called Transformed. And we are going to learn how we can let God transform our life through his word. It is a series you will not want to miss. It's going to be a great way to start the new year. And I really hope to see each and every one of you here for January 3rd as we kick off Transformed. Also if you are here or online either one we want to know that you're here if it's your very first time please text the word new to the number on the screen and we want to get in touch with you and get to know you and to let you get to know us and if you've been here before we still want to know that you're here so please text your name to the same number on the screen so thank you very much for being a part of our worship today and in just a moment Pastor Dave will be right up here to give us another incredible and yet untold story about Christmas.
3: Well, hi, church. Uh, It's good to be with you. I hope you're experiencing God's love for you this Christmas. I want to say it's a joy to be with all of you online and uh, as well as everybody here on campus. As David mentioned, we are continuing in this Christmas uh, message series that we're in called The Untold Story, and we probably all are familiar with the basic plot of Christmas, the you know the basic storyline of the birth of Jesus. but there may be parts of the story we haven't thought about or don't think much about. and those have been the parts we've been trying to concentrate on in this series and, and just uh, considering the spiritual implications of, of some of the untold parts of, of the story of Christmas. And so in this message, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the love that God the Father, And God the Son had that that existed at Christmas and how that love can overflow into our lives as well and I want to introduce this thought by just putting a picture up if if we have that of of my son Curtis and I Uh, I I don't know if we have that picture do we have that that picture if not I can just tell the story but um, in August, Tammy and I and Curtis went down to Little Rock, Arkansas and we moved him into school there and uh, it was a good trip. It took us a, a little bit longer than we thought it would to get him kind of settled into his apartment. I, I think COVID it pretty much just challenges everything and and it was challenging to kind of get get him all set up. But that last day I'll never forget because uh, we, we had lunch together, uh, we took some pictures and just it was, it was a really good time but one thing we had not talked about in that whole trip with him was uh, how hard it was gonna be to say goodbye. And, you know, I, um, <clears throat> we, we had you know, moved Curtis to school before and as well as our daughter. So it's not like it's was the first time I'd ever experienced something like that before, but for some reason it didn't make it any easier. And I don't know if it was just the distance that Little, Little Rock was a further drive than I thought it was down there. Or, or just the fact that he didn't know a person in, in, in the school or, or in the city and I was worried about him as far as, you know, with, with COVID, being able to meet people and, and things like that. And so, uh, but, but for whatever reason it was, as, as it got closer to, to the time where we were going to say goodbye, I just remember that lump in my throat felt like about a 16-pound bowling ball. And I remember when, when we hugged that it was kind of like our roles reversed there for a moment. And he's like, "Dad, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Dad, you're you're going to be fine because I'm going to be fine here. It's all going to be good. I'll, I'll be good here." And so Tammy and I got in the car, and for about the first 30 minutes or so, I just remember driving back to Blue Springs, and it, it was a pretty teary, pretty teary drive there for me, but uh, and I think Tammy as well. But anyway, I want to ask you, what's been the most difficult, or the, you know, maybe the uh, saddest goodbye? that you've ever experienced. Think about that. Maybe it was a family member or a friend that moved away. Maybe it was a girlfriend or, or a boyfriend that uh, you know, left somewhere. But what's, what's been the most difficult goodbye for you? I want you to think about that because this is something about the Christmas story that I'll just admit I have not really thought much about over the years. It's this. Do, do we, yeah, there we go. Christmas is when God the Father and God the Son said goodbye. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus' first recorded words that we have were at the age of 12 where he said to Mary and Joseph, he said, um, did you not know that I wouldn't, would be about my father's business? First words we have from Jesus. The last words we have from Jesus on the cross Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. God the Father and God the Son were closer than close, always have been. Let's look at John's first, re- first words about you know, in the biography that he writes of Jesus. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. So John refers to Jesus here as the Word, the ultimate revelation of God. He, he affirms His deity, but did you see there where he said that before anything else, Jesus and, and the Father were together? They, they, they are so close that it is true to say that they are one. Now, for us to understand the love that God the Father and God the Son have for one another, we kind of need to get into a little bit of, of deep waters. Theologically, I want to begin by just sharing a quote from Dr. Jack Cottrell about this. He writes, Loneliness and love are not problems for God in himself. We must not think of God as existing prior to creation as a single solitary person in splendid isolation. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as we now know these persons, existed together in a completely satisfying relationship of mutual love. Now, the word Trinity is not found in the Bible, but the idea of God being three persons in one is something that we really see throughout Scripture. In fact, from the very first chapter of the Bible, we begin to, to get this sense of how God has chosen to reveal himself to us, where we read in Genesis one Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Then God is in the singular said, let us, in the plural, make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So we we find here from early on that God does not want us to understand him as one person, but he does want us to understand him as one God. And we see this more clearly as we get into the New Testament. For example, Jesus, before he ascends to heaven, says to his followers in Matthew 28, 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, that's in the singular, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about one God here who Jesus refers to as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So God has revealed himself to us in Scripture as being three persons who share one essence or being. They are together, one God. If you're like, wait a minute, those numbers don't add up, you know. (laughs) I agree. The Trinity transcends numbers. And we won't ever fully understand the Trinity because we're finite beings and God is, is infinite, an infinite God. But I do want to share with you that I have found, as I, over the years, have understood and experienced God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I've come to love Him more and more. And I've come to appreciate Him more and more in this way. But I don't think I've really appreciated, as I have this Christmas, as I've been reflecting on this, What it is that God was willing to go through in choosing to come to earth as a baby at Christmas. Look at these words from Jesus. John 17, 24, Jesus said, Father, you loved me before the creation of the world. There's always been a closeness, there's always been an intimacy, and a a perfect love between the Father and the Son. There's been a deeper bond, there's been a deeper oneness, a, a deeper relationship between the Father and the Son than any relationship you and I will ever experience. And so Christmas is the story of the greatest love relationship ever, the love between the Father and the Son. And I want to share with you two takeaways from this unique part and perspective of the Christmas story so that we can just reflect on the the spiritual implications of these two truths uh, in our own lives this Christmas. And the first one is this, that the most painful goodbye that has ever been said was said for you. Think about that. The most painful goodbye that's ever been said was said for you. What an amazing, amazing part of the Christmas story this is to consider. That that Christmas is a love story because Jesus and the Heavenly Father said goodbye. And Jesus left the Father's side for Bethlehem. Paul writes this in Galatians four four. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. So before it was time for Mary to have her son, it was time for the father to say goodbye to his one son. For Jesus to become a, a finite, a, a human being like you and me, he had to leave his father's side. He had to say goodbye. And that goodbye must have been painful Beyond our comprehension because they knew they would not be together again as they had always been before until after Jesus Endured that 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 gruesome that horrific death that he went through on the cross And please don't say yeah, but Dave God knows everything and so he knew that Jesus would would rise Yes, that's true, but he was still his father God was still Jesus's dad any, any dad here want their child to be tortured to death? If, if you, you know, knew that after they died they would go to heaven? I don't think so. And so for the love of you, the baby in the manger left his father's side. I know you've probably heard before that God loves you. may have heard that, that Jesus died for you. But have you considered what it cost the father and it cost the son for Jesus to be born? in Bethlehem in the first place. In preparing for this message, I read the story of Witold Pilecki. And uh, when the Nazis invaded Poland, he was a part of the, the Polish resistance, and he did an amazing thing. He volunteered to be arrested by the Nazis. He volunteered because he knew where they would take him. They would take him to Auschwitz. And so he stepped forward and was willing to be arrested so that he might be able to tell, to tell the story of what was going on in these concentration camps. And we've, we've heard of, you know, the horrors of, of what happened in those death camps. But you know, at the beginning there, people did not know what all was going on, and so he went in that he might be able to tell the story. And for two and a half years, he was there in Auschwitz just experiencing all of the horrors that that went on there in in the Nazi camps there uh, the suffering among the imprisoned Jews and and Poles and, and Russians and he found that there were thousands and thousands of them the civilians that were being tortured and being massacred in the gas chambers and their bodies being disposed of in the ovens and he he was able to smuggle information out about what was going on through the laundry that these officers of these death camp, the death camp there, Auschwitz, would have sent out to a, a, a nearby town. He was the first person to be able to get word out to the world, information about what was going on. And to get that information out, he had to go in. Now, I want to share a sentence from the story. It said this, Having a beautiful wife and two kids that he loved dearly, he decided to leave them behind and go to Auschwitz. What must it have been like for that man to say goodbye to his family? I mean, I mean, what would you say if you know you have to say goodbye because you're going to go to the most horrific place that there is on the earth? The place that you, you, know, you only go there to suffer and to die. I mean, can you imagine that goodbye? Well, I want us to come back to our Christmas story. Although life can, can be good here, Ours is a a sin-sick planet where there is much suffering and sadness. And the Bible reassures us that in heaven all (laughs) ashwishness of this world will be gone forever. And this this is what Jesus said goodbye to when He came and was born. Earth at its very best had to be kind of like a death camp to the one who had always only known the wonders of what it was like to be by the Father's side. I think many of us have been told that Christmas is is the time where we're supposed to feel warm and fuzzy about the baby born in the manger and then on Good Friday and on Easter. That's when we feel sorry for our sins and we feel sorry for, for Jesus going to the cross and what it is that He went through there. But you see, for... For the Father and the Son, they knew that Bethlehem was inevitably going to lead to Calvary. So the suffering didn't begin on Good Friday. The suffering for the Father and the Son began when they said goodbye. And Jesus went to Bethlehem. That's a part of the Christmas story I don't think we think a lot about. For the love of Jesus that the Father left, or He left the Father's side. I mean, for the love of you, he did that. That, that for the love of, of you and me, he, he left the wonders of heaven to come to this Oshwish that is our earth here. For, for the love of, of you and me, Jesus left the one that, that he loved most and the one who loved him the most. And that brings me to the second truth or takeaway that I want to emphasize. It's the reason why. Why, why this goodbye? And it's this, that Christmas is God saying to you, I want you to be my child. This next verse, the truth of this next verse is something that has changed my life in every way for eternity. It's the most famous verse I would say probably in the Bible. I want us to read it aloud. It's John three sixteen. Would you read this with me? For God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus uses the word everyone here. That when Jesus came to this earth and then willingly gave up His life for us on the cross, God was saying to each and every one of us, I love you and I want to be in a father-child relationship with you. In your life here on earth and and forever. And one of the things that we learn in the New Testament is that when we put our faith in Jesus as our Savior, then His Father becomes our Father. As a father of three, there, there there's a commitment and a love that a dad and a mom have for their children that I just I, it's hard to describe it. The depth of it how profound that love is and I'll just follow right up by saying I know that we are not like our Heavenly Father and that we mess up. That all of us earthly parents have messed up. My parents are not perfect. Your parents were not perfect. And if we're not careful, some of those experiences that we have with our earthly parents, we can sort of project those over onto how we see and relate to God. I I realize that. But I also want to say that the kind of love that causes a, a dad or a mom to want the absolute best for their child, to care for their child, to want to protect their child and provide for their child and help their child any and every way that they possibly can, that that kind of love is the love that God has in His heart for you. To understand that God wants to be your heavenly father, your perfect eternal dad. Church, I cannot think of something that I would want, hope for, or imagine more from God than for that to be able to happen. Many of us, we we know the Lord's Prayer by heart. Jesus, his followers came to him one day and they said, Teach us to pray. And so Jesus, Jesus taught them, he, he, here's how you are to talk to God. Here, here's how you are to relate to God. It begins this way. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, before we talk about the word Father, I want to talk about the word heaven here. Yes, as a, a, heaven is a place, as I mentioned there earlier, you know, that we're to look forward to here on this earth where, you know, There is no sorrow, and there is no death, and there is no pain. But heaven, as used in the Bible also, is a a word used to describe the atmosphere. The air around us, uh, you know, all, all that is around us, you see. And I think that's the way Jesus is using the word here. That he's not saying, you know, here's how you are to approach God and speak to God, our Father up in heaven, but our Father in the heavens. Our Father who's closer to us than the air that we breathe. Our Father who is always right here and right now with us, you see. Jesus says to his followers, when you pray, I want you to talk to God as your Father. I only have three people who call me by that name. And when I hear that, that probably gets my attention. That word quicker than anything else gets my attention. When I get a call and I hear Dad or I hear Father, then immediately there is a context of love and commitment between myself and the person who's speaking to me and, and whatever it is that they say to me is within that context if if they you know want to if they have a request to make maybe uh, now that they're older there's there's not much confession there as far as it, you know something they need to admit but Or just, you know, they want to, we just talk about the current events going on in their life, whatever the conversation might be. When I hear father, when I hear dad, all of it is within the context of this relationship that is expressed by this word father. And so when Jesus says, Here's how you are to pray, our Father who is very near. He wasn't just giving us a wonderful outline for how to pray effectively. He was inviting us into a way of knowing and relating to God, you see. And when we say to God, Father, we are affirming that the one who made the heavens and the earth and rules over all of the universe loves us as one of his children. And I want to tell you, when you approach God and you approach life, In this way, it changes everything dramatically for the better. And that is in no way, shape, or form an overstatement. It changes everything dramatically for the better. When we pray, our Father, God says in his heart, this is my daughter. This is my son. I love it when you call me Father. What we may talk about this time, God says in his heart, may be about joyful things, it may be about sorrowful things. Maybe you have something you want to thank me for. Maybe you have something that you need to confess to me. The topic really is secondary. I just am so happy when you reach out to me and talk with me about whatever it is that is on your heart. Nothing is too big, nothing is too small. I love these moments when you come to me in prayer because you are my child, and I love you very, very much. That is God's heart for you as your father. Fred Craddock tells a story about a time he and his wife were vacationing in Tennessee, and they were having breakfast, and this older man came over to their table, and said, hi, and just asked him, hey, are you all on vacation? And, and Fred said, yes, and we're having a nice time, good time. And, and, the, and the older man said, do you mind if I ask you what, what you do for a living? To, to Freddie asked him, and, and he said, well, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And the, and the guy kind of smiled. He said, oh, let, let me let me tell you a preacher story. And so he pulled up a chair and just sat down right next to him. And he said, when I as I was growing up, I did not know my father. He said, and that 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 was a very, very difficult thing for me. He said, a lot of the kids my age, they they would make fun of me. They would call me names. He said, it just felt like when I walked around the small town that I grew up in, that everybody was kind of looking at me and asking the question, you know, who's, you know, who's the, the father of that little boy there? And he said, I just, I, I was, I grew up pretty much all by my, alone. I didn't have any friends. And he said, but... But a, a, a pastor came to town uh, one time, and, and people began to talk about uh, the, the services. And, and I had never gone to church before, he said, but I, I decided to go, and I liked it. He said, I kept, I kept going back. And he said, but I, I would always go late, and I would leave early to make sure I didn't have to talk to anybody. He said, but one time, the worship service, I got so involved in the service that I forgot to get up and leave and before I knew it, the service was over, people were in the aisles I, I I couldn't get out quickly, and all of a sudden, I felt a hand on my shoulder and I turned around it was that big tall pastor looking down at me and he said, "Well what's your name uh, young man Wh- whose son are you and he said when, when I heard that i just I just shook. But then the pastor said to me, "Oh I know who who your family is i what there's a distinct resemblance. He said, why, well, you're a child of God. And the older man said to Fred and his wife, he said, those words changed my life. And then he just got up and left. And the, and the server came over and, and asked them, said, do, do you know who that was that was just talking to you? And, and Fred was like, no, we don't. Who was that? And she said, well, why, that was Ben Hooper, the two term governor of Tennessee. And so a a child learned that God loved him, that God (laughs) cared about him as a father cares for their child, and it just changed the trajectory of his life. And that just leads me to the question, is God everyone's father? And I'll answer that question by saying yes and no. (laughs) Yes in terms of God being the creator of us all, but no in the sense of the Christmas story. Because you see, Scripture teaches us that our sins separate us from God, because He's holy. But Jesus, in coming to earth, and then dying on the cross, paid for our sins so that there could be a bridge. You see, that's really what the birth of Jesus and his coming provided, a bridge between us and God where our sins become forgiven in Christ and we then are adopted into the family of God. And so I just wanna invite any of you, if, if you would like to talk with someone about becoming a child of God, we're gonna put a phone number up on the screen and if you take your phone and text the word response to that number, then we'll have one of our ministers reach out to you. Christmas is a, it's a love story. It's a story of the most painful goodbye that has ever been experienced. And it was experienced for the love of you. And so I just, I just hope this Christmas that you'll be overcome. You'll be overjoyed. You'll be overwhelmed by the thought, the truth, that God the Father and God the Son said goodbye to each other, that you might be saved and then welcomed into their family. Let's pray together. What wonderful news it is, God, to consider this part of the Christmas story that out of the depths of your love for us, that you would, (laughs) Jesus, you would say goodbye to the Father. That you would choose to come to this death camp that is this fallen world and go through what it is that you went through for us. That you became one of us that we might be able to become an adopted son, an adopted daughter of God. And I just pray that every one of us in this time of worship will either come to a place of saying, I I want to receive Jesus as my Savior, that I might become an adopted child of God, Or all of us who have already made that decision to say yes to that gift of your grace and love that we in our hearts will say to you. We are forever grateful, Father. To be able to call you. Our dad. And know that every single time that we speak to You, reach out to You, or think of You, that we can know You have love in Your hearts for us as a perfect parent. That You are always watching out for us. That You are always at work in our lives causing all things together to come, to come together for good as we turn to You and just Be in relationship with you through our Savior Jesus. What what a wonderful, wonderful truth this is. That you, God the Father, God the Son, that you said goodbye, that Jesus, you might come to Bethlehem. We rejoice in this truth and honor you, God, for this story of your love for us as we share in this prayer in this time of worship, in the name of our Savior, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.
1: Let's stand and sing together. Jesus truly is the greatest gift that we could ever receive because he is God himself. He is God in flesh. He has chosen to come and dwell with us and that in and of itself is the greatest. That is the prize. That is our joy and that is our truth. Would you please be seated as we move into a time of communion here? I pray that you were able to grab a communion cup as you came in. And for those that are joining online, we also wanna invite you into this time of communion as we just remember the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf, that we can go to him to God the Father as our own Father, that he has opened the Holy of Holies and made his presence available to us. So let's just remember that sacrifice together now. ready let's go and just remove the top off and eat in remembrance and also drink in remembrance of the blood that was shed. Father, we know that no one paid a greater price than you at Christmas, Lord. In order that we may have life, Lord, you sent your son. Lord, you gave up a part of yourself. Lord, the most precious part of yourself for us. Father, and and we did not deserve what you had to give, but Lord, we are so grateful, Lord, for your son, Jesus. Father, he truly is the reason for our celebration this season. Father, he is our salvation and our hope in him alone. Father, we just praise you for that. We thank you for God with us. Lord, we thank you for Emmanuel. Lord, we know that you're here with us now and we know that you are with us as we leave. Father, walk with us now and guide us through our our days and and just this season of, of craziness, Lord. Help us to just find our peace and our rest and in you, Lord. Lord, we love you and it's in your name we pray, amen. We want to thank you again so much for uh, just being here for worship today. And we pray that you have uh, a wonderful week. Thank you for those that were here and in person as well as those that were joining online. We would love to hear from you again. If, if you would like to speak to a minister, feel, please feel free to uh, to reach out to one of us. If you could just stay put for now and we're going to have an usher come and dismiss you. I pray you have a great week. And bye-bye.